open to today. The passage is 41 through 45. However, we're not going to read every verse. Um, I'll have you read uh, 41, 43, and 45. Okay, we're going to kind of hopscotch through it because I want to emphasize particular words that I want to bring to your attention. Verse 41, let's read together. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is, being interpreted, the Christ. This is Andrew uh, finding his brother Simon Peter and bringing him to the Lord. Amen. Now, drop down to verse 43, and let's read together. The day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. So the Lord is making contact individually with these, in, uh, with these people and, uh, and inviting them to follow him. And, uh, of course, uh, that door opening uh, led them to things and miracles and teaching I had never heard before, never saw before. And that's the privilege we have of walking with the Lord. Verse 45, Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Praise God. I'm sure you've picked up on the words I wanted to emphasize there. There was some finding going on. And there was some uh, situations where they are uh, declaring they found the Lord. Praise God. And that's what I want to preach about today for a short while. Seeking and finding. Amen. You can be seated. I just wonder... If uh, you, in your thinking, can um, just recall a certain item, very important item, uh, that you lost. You lost a set of keys. You lost a checkbook. Uh, you lost, you know, in today's situation um, on the internet you can lose your password somebody else can somebody else can find it and they can get into your personal information you know the scams it really frustrates me that there are people who are so technologically savvy that they're able to do those illegal things and I have to wonder, how much money could they make doing legal things? Putting their skills to good use instead of stealing your credit card number or your bank account number or your social security number and, uh, and wreaking havoc with your uh, finances. Why can't they just go ahead and get a good job and put their skills to good use and, um, and be okay? No. They've got to mess things up. Well, I lost a gift. Um, I, I had a knife given to me. And by the way, thank you for the knives you've given to me, and uh, especially fillet knives. We put those to good use, I guarantee you. We do. 
Thank you very much. But I had a knife given to me that was special. Um, I don't know if you've heard of bench-made knives, bench-made knives. Uh, the the uh, manufacturer is, is in Oregon City, where my wife is from. I would drive by that factory on my way to Fred Meyer, and I would look at that building and wonder, am I ever going to be able to afford a bench-made knife? Well, I got one as a gift. I was very excited about it and very uh, uh, thrilled with what I was able to receive. And, uh, and I brought it home, and I put it in a special place where I would not lose it. And I looked and looked and looked. This is what I was looking for, a knife, special knife in a sheath. And um, I turned the house upside down looking for this. Every cupboard, every little basket, uh, my, uh, my bench, my uh, box full of fillet knives, I looked everywhere. Ben Eichard came to visit, and he was determined he was going to find that knife for me. He pulled cushions off of the couch. He, he dug into the uh, recliners. Uh, he was determined he was going to find it. It remained lost for over a year. And I'll show you why. Because that's what I was looking for. I thought a knife in a sheath was what I was looking for. But you know what it was in? It was in the box. And I saw this box in the drawer. It was, I, I saw the bottom of it. And Brother Rick has given me uh, a, a dozen flashlights. And I, and I guess I thought that's what that box was, was a, a flashlight. Because I saw that box in the drawer, but never picked it up. Now, if it had Hunt, showing on the side like that, I would know immediately, ah, that's that knife I've been looking for. But all I saw was the bottom of it and thought, ah, oh, must be a flashlight. And uh, finally, finally, I picked the box up and looked, and there it was. And I slid it open, and there it was. <laughs> but the uh, uh, saying hours of looking would not be an exaggeration. It would not be an exaggeration. From time to time, I spent hours looking for this, seeking it. And uh, it, it hasn't been used in a hunting trip or anything like that yet, but I, I'm, I'm hoping eventually it will be. But seeking and finding are important in our walk with God. Amen. And that's what I want to emphasize in uh, our hearing today and understanding that uh, uh, the seeking of the things of God is what we've got to be committed to. It can't be just, uh, well, if, if it's important, God will, God will show me. And being real not lackadaisical, real be indifferent, apathetic, um, uh, those, those don't apply to a lot of other things. 
that we consider important, that we're going to spend time uh, digging into. Um, and there are some things that you've got to make sure you're holding on to. Now, there's such a thing as preconceived notions you know, or assumptions. I assumed that knife was going to be just in the sheath. I was going to see the handle, and I was going to say, aha, finally, I found it. But it was in the box, and I overlooked the box. Easy to do that when you're seeking things. Now, apply that to other situations. Finding friends and losing them is uh, uh, sometimes uh, a very sad and tearful situation. Um, finding the job, a job that you enjoy doing. Now, you uh, should find uh, a, a job that you love and you should love what you're doing. It's still going to be drudgery to some degree. It's still going to be a problem, uh, but uh, it's not the uh, end in itself. It's a means to an end. And, um, and so we, we treat it that way. Yesterday, we were at a wedding. Ellis and Jameson got married. And as the uh, attendants, and you know how it is, uh, the different ones are marching up the aisle. Again, I'm thinking, everybody looks so young. <laughs> Did you think that, Brother Rick? <laughs> everybody looks so young. Uh, I guess that's an indication of where I am in life, but uh, I looked at that young couple, and I thought it was wonderful for them to have the upbringing that they've had, being raised in the church, uh, solid families, solid in their own experience in faith, and uh, not being shaken. And now, here they are, finding the love of their life. And um, that, uh, that being joined together is, is certainly uh, an important thing. Now, marriage is not perfect because you aren't. Got news for you. <laughs> the person you see in the mirror is not perfect. So don't expect your marriage to be perfect. But you seek. You seek to make it what God intends it to be. Praise God. And your spouse is not just an addition. Your spouse is a completer, making you complete. And that's an amazing thing. Praise God. Because you can do more for God together than you can alone. Amen. And thank the Lord. That's what God intended, to be able to uh, work together in serving the Lord. So seeking the Lord, seeking it's got to be a heart issue. It's got to be something that you do with everything you have within you. Not a casual curiosity, not a take it or leave it, not a, uh, oh, well, if it's to be, it will be. If not, oh, I'm, I guess I haven't lost anything. No, it's got to be a focus that is strong and uh, it's heartfelt. Amen. Uh, I, I have to chuckle at some who... Uh, have made the attempt to disprove God. And their atheistic tendencies, they wanted to mock the Lord. They wanted to disprove his existence. And they made a diligent search. And ironically, well, not ironically, but thankfully, they came to faith. They came to serve God. C.S. Lewis, 
a philosopher and professor in Oxford University is, a, is an example. And Lee Strobel, maybe you've read some of his books. He's a, he's a, a court reporter, uh, very diligent uh, for accuracy and so on. And, and he has written several books, The Case for, The Case for Christ, uh, The Case for Faith, uh, The Case for the Resurrection. He's, he's written several of them. But he started out being an atheist. And he was very aggravated that his wife became a Christian. And he wanted to prove her wrong. And so he started investigating the Bible and the claims of God. And the more he investigated, the more he found it to be true. And so he ended up becoming a believer, praise God, and has written all of these different books. And uh, we thank the Lord for wives who remain diligent and strong and uh, sure in their faith and their belief. But look at Jeremiah 29, 13. Jeremiah 29, 13 is at the end of several promises uh, in the Word of God that we'll take a look at here just briefly. But in this particular verse, you shall seek me and find me. That's, uh, that's the assurance of the Lord. That's his promise. You seek me, you're going to find. You're not going to be wandering in circles. You're not going to be just uh, uh, bumping into things and wondering how it's going to turn out. You're going to find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. See, there it is. There, there's the completion. There, there's the, the total aspect of saying, uh, I, I'm going to seek the Lord. It's not going to be a puzzle. It's not going to be a riddle. It's not going to be confusion. I'm going to find what I'm looking for in the Lord. And oh, thank God, it opens up to be far more than we imagined, far more than we thought. Praise God. And I'm thankful that the Lord is able to bring to fruition those examples of his power. Now, verses 10 through 12 are promises. We won't take time to look at each one of them. But the Lord declares, I'm going to perform my good word to you, toward you. The thoughts that I think toward you. Thoughts of peace. Praise God. And I know we claim that promise. He says, call upon me. Pray unto me. I will hearken unto you. Oh, what a great God to be able to fulfill all of those words and his performance of the promise being beyond excellent. What a great and mighty God. Now Judah had to go through 70 years of captivity, but the Lord was true to them. And that's, that's basically who the promises were made to. And uh, after their 70 years of captivity, or during their 70 years of captivity, the Lord provided for them. Thank God we can be delivered from our captivity as well and know the blessings and the power of the Lord. Now, the word of God being sought. I point to King Josiah's godly reign and, uh, and how, as a, just a young boy, an eight-year-old, that he understands the uh, the need for seeking the Lord and being uh, guided by him. Uh, I'm sure it was to his astonishment that the temple contained altars to idols uh, that had been put in place during Manasseh's evil reign. The temple, the temple of God. Amazing. And that Manasseh had made his sons pass through the fire. If he actually sacrificed them, we're not sure, or if he just had a ceremony that they passed through the fire in the face of uh, this idol or whatever it happened. But he did consult sorcerers. He did consult wizards. He went far astray from the word of God. 
And when Josiah was 26 in his reign, he commanded the temple to be repaired. And the high priest came with the report, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. Josiah realized how wrong the nation of Judah had been, how they had not kept the law, how they had not been pleasing uh, to the Lord. And he directed the priest and others to pray concerning the words of this book that is found. We want to obey it. We want to align our lives by it. We want to uh, worship according to the word of God. And Huldah the prophetess gave word from the Lord, because thine heart was tender, and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord, I also heard thee. Thank God there can come a word from the Lord, and the blessings that we receive as we desire to fulfill what God's word said. So Josiah caused the, the law to be read to all of Judah, and the king made a covenant, and his covenant was to walk after the Lord to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all their heart and all their soul. Praise God. Second Kings 23 and 3. And notice and the, uh, the end of that particular verse, to perform the words of this covenant. They were thankful for the promise of the Lord to perform his promise. Now it was necessary for them to commit themselves to say, we're going to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And a nationwide revival for Judah broke out. Praise God. And all the people, the Bible says, stood to the covenant. There wasn't anybody left out. Everybody was joining together. Everybody was committed. Everybody was focused. Everybody was desiring the blessing of the Lord to come upon them. Praise God. And they cleaned up the high places and the altars to the idols that were in the temple and other places as well. And this shocked me. I read this portion and I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't, I had a hard time grasping that some of those idols were in place since Solomon's time, since Jeroboam's time. How many generations had come and gone and uh, those idols stood? How many kings had been in place? Uh, now, we know not all the kings were righteous. Ahab, Manasseh, what a mess. And if they had uh, kept the, uh, the idols there, we would perhaps understand. But Solomon and Jeroboam, that was from a long time ago. Oh, God, help us to make our, our repentance complete. God, help us to make our determination to please God total and not be reserving some little things that say, uh, uh, oh, this is okay, uh, or I, I, I'm going to have a, a, a hard time releasing that. No, clean it all up. Praise God. Forgiveness and, uh, and mercy being extended to us, and we extend it to others as well. Thank God repentance can be complete. And the word of the Lord can come to pass. Now, the word of God did come to pass. 1 Kings 13, a child shall be born, Josiah by name. God knows how to bring his word to pass. God knows how to predict what's going to happen in the future, and nothing is going to stop him from fulfilling it. Amen. 1 Kings 13 all the way to 2 Kings 23, that's a long time. But Josiah was born. Josiah did fulfill the plan of God. Josiah did do the work of the Lord. Amen. And the altar of Jeroboam being polluted by the burning bones of idol worshipers upon it, it was 
fulfilled exactly as the prophet proclaimed it. And thank God the Lord is going to fulfill his word for you. The Lord is going to do his will for you. Praise God. And Josiah the king said, we need to keep the Passover. We need to remember how the Lord brought the nation of Israel out of Egypt. We need to remember there was deliverance. There was blood that was applied. There was a lamb that was slain. Praise God. And oh, thank the Lord. We know what that all applies to in our day and our time. Thank God. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. His blood is what cleanses us. His name is what remits our sins. His spirit is what fills us. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That is power. That is victory. That is strength. Hallelujah. Thank God that we can know the goodness of the Lord and be brought into his presence and his power. And of Josiah, it is said, like unto him there was no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul, with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, neither after him arose there any like him. Thank God for the example of Josiah. I pray, oh God, help us to rise up like Josiah with commitment, with desire, with focus. Amen. Determining in our hearts we're going to follow after him and we're going to obey his word. Now, Jeremiah and the word of God. Verse 15, or chapter 15, verse 16. Jeremiah says, thy words were found. Apparently, Jeremiah was seeking. Jeremiah was desiring. Jeremiah was recording. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. It became real to him. It was something sustaining. It was something refreshing. It was something that he did not want to let loose of. Oh, let there be those today who are grabbing hold of the word of God in that manner and determining it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's mocked. It doesn't matter if there are scoffers. It doesn't matter if there are those who would look down their long intellectual noses at me. I'm going to hold on to the word of God. I'm going to believe the word of God because I've seen it happen too many times. I've seen it fulfilled in too many occasions. I know my God can heal. I know my God can deliver. I know my God can save. I know my God can make new, hallelujah, a new life, a, a new birth. Praise God and move us into his power and into his realm of blessing. His word needs to be a fire burning within me. And that's how Jeremiah experienced it. In chapter 20 and verse 9, he said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak anymore in his name. He was being persecuted. He was being mistreated. He was being punished. He decided I'm not going to say anymore. Every time I say something it comes back on me. But I like the way he says his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. He said I couldn't hold it back. I, I couldn't just sit on it. I couldn't just let it be there. Uh, just an idea and a concept. No, it was a fire that was burning within me. It was something I had to speak. It was something I had to say. It was something that I could live and I could stand on. I sought the Lord and he showed me his word. Hallelujah. Thank God for the goodness and the power of the Lord that we can stand on his word and stay with it. 
Praise God. Now, Jeremiah prophesied about the Messiah. 23 and 5, I'll raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign. He said, the Lord, our righteousness, is he going to be his name? The Lord, Jehovah Sidkenu. That's what, that's what it means. And he repeated that prophecy from chapter 23. He repeated it in chapter 33. Amen. So finding the Messiah is what they were looking for. Uh, he was not lost. They were they're not looking because he was lost. No, they were looking because they were longing for him. They desired him. Oh, God, let Messiah come. That was their prayer. That was their desire. Every generation, they looked for it. Every male child that was born, they wondered, perhaps, is he going to be the Messiah? The Hebrews were always hopeful for the Messiah. They claimed Jeremiah's promises as one of the prophets. Many of the others that were written from Moses and other prophets, they were looking for it. They anticipated his arrival. They, they, uh, they looked in the scriptures for any kinds of signs. And finally, they made the announcement, we have found him. Praise God. You see, the disciples heard John, the one, the, the baptizer we call him. They heard him say, he is the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He's not the one who was to come. He was to bear witness of the one who was to come, to bear witness of the light. Make straight the way of the Lord. They heard the promise of the Spirit. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. In Matthew 3 and 11, praise God. And John spoke of Jesus when he saw him by the Jordan. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Oh, what an incredible promise. Praise God. And so they followed the Messiah. Andrew found Simon Peter. Philip found Nathaniel. They gave the report, we have found him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Praise God. They were excited. They were thrilled. This is him. This is the one we've waited for. This is the one that the scriptures have talked about. This is the one we've sought signs for again and again. Praise God. It's him. And I wonder who we're looking for, who we're finding to let know. Amen. How important. Nathaniel's question, can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? He was skeptical. He was wondering. And then he was astonished and puzzled at what Jesus would say to him. And then the promise that Jesus would give, thou shalt see greater things. Oh, I'm glad the Messiah is a maker of miracles. I'm glad that he's able to do signs and wonders. And he's able to teach truth with authority. He brings deliverance from demons and death. Lives are changed by healing and forgiveness. Thank God for all that the Messiah is able to do. He came seeking and saving the lost. I'm thankful for the power of the Lord. He gave examples in Luke 15. We call it uh, the parables of the lost being found, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. And the common outcome, rejoice with me. Praise God. Oh, I'm thankful there can be rejoicing because of what we found, no matter what it is, a knife, keys, checkbook, whatever it is. But oh, thank God for lost souls coming to the altar, being and uh, forgiven uh, of their sins and in the water, praise God, for remission of sins and the infilling of the Holy Ghost as the power of the Lord. There is joy in heaven when one sinner repents, praise God. The presence of the angels, you talk about rejoicing. Oh, that must be something to hear. Uh, oh, just one that repents. Because one is worth the whole world. 
Praise God. Amen. Now let's focus on that, that son. The, the, the son we call prodigal. Prodigal simply means waste. He wasted his time. He wasted his youth. He wasted his substance, the Bible says, his inheritance that he demanded from his father. It, the inheritance meant finances. It meant, it meant wealth to some degree. But when he gathered his inheritance, he gathered also his parents' teaching, his parents' care for him when he was sick and uh, when he was young and when he needed to learn, uh, his, the parents' uh, tears and prayers uh, for him, all the care, all the love. He gathered all of that, and he went into a far country. Now, going to a far country, I think, is God's mercy because the parents didn't have to see how he was living. The parents didn't have to be aware of how he was spending his inheritance, didn't have to be aware of all of the wrong that he was doing. Thank God that uh, that was the mercy of the Lord. He spent all in riotous living, the Bible says. And then, circumstances beyond his control. That's the way it goes. Your independence might mean you can make choices for yourself. Your freedom might mean you can do things the way you want. But there's going to be things happening you have no control over. And a famine was one of those things. Everybody ran out of food. Everybody was suffering the shortage. Everybody, no matter how wealthy, couldn't find food to buy. And this young man realized perhaps he couldn't go home and join his family, so he joined himself to a pig farmer. And he was tempted to eat the slop that he threw to the pigs. No, some for them, some for me. Almost was his decision. No man gave unto him. Now, remember now, he spent all of his money giving them a good time. He spent all of his inheritance giving them uh, uh, fun and, and parties. But now nobody was giving to him. That's the way the world is. That's the way the devil treats you. Amen. And the Lord will never treat you like that. The prodigal, the Bible says, came to himself. He, he realized, I've made a mess of things. And I'm in worse shape than my dad's servants. Hired help at my dad's house has more than I have. I'm going to arise and I'm going to go back home. Praise God. I'm thankful you can get up out of the mess you're in. Not because of, of your ability and, and your, uh, your strength, but because you know there's a father who's going to help you. You know there's a father that you can look to. Praise God. A father who is going to show mercy. Amen. I will arise. And he did. He arose. And he returned home. He rehearsed that speech. Lord, I'm, uh, Father, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just let me be one of your servants. He rehearsed that speech all the way. But praise God, it didn't turn out that way. The father saw him afar off and ran to him with compassion. Not condemnation, compassion. Praise God. Prepared a banquet for him. Declared my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. He put a robe on him, put a ring on his finger, put shoes on his feet, got the fatted calf. Oh, man, the preparation was going full blast. And then the other son came home. The other son that had stayed, the other son that had worked, the other son that had been faithful. But he was a prodigal too. What did he waste? He wasted opportunities that was in his father's house. Yes, he worked hard, he remained faithful, but he was upset when his wayward brother came home and was being celebrated. He had never had a celebration, and so he was angry, and he wouldn't join the celebration. He wouldn't come in. His father came to him and entreated him, too. All that I have is thine, the father said. Wow. You need to hear your father saying, all that I have is thine. Ha, that opens up the door to incredible blessing. That opens up the avenues to wonderful things. The windows of heaven open up for you, and the blessings of God can come forth in ways that you can't even imagine. Praise God. Oh, what power and blessing. All that I have is thine. He wasted that. He didn't take advantage of that. And his, his father again said to him, We should make merry and be glad. Thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Praise God. Now, the lessons that we learn from that parable, the lost can be found. Praise God. Thank the Lord. The lost can be found. Prodigals can come home. Amen. Rejoicing and not recrimination is in order. Amen. Thank God. And we also need to remember we can receive all that the Father has for us. Praise God. Because he desires to give it to you as you serve him. As you walk with him. As you stay in his presence. Amen. But the Lord told another story. In Luke 18, a parable about prayer. He told of a widow who wouldn't leave a judge alone. She just kept badgering him, kept pestering him, kept making requests of him. The judge said, I don't fear God and I don't fear man, but this woman is going to drive me crazy. <laughs> That's my version of it. And he said, I'm going to give her justice. I'm going to take care of her needs. Amen. Praise God. And, oh, I'm thankful the Lord is going to answer prayer. The Lord is going to take care of your needs. The Lord is going to minister to you. But yet he asked the question. Here's an important question from Luke 18. He said, when the Son of Man cometh, notice it's not if the Son of Man cometh, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? See, that's what the Lord's looking for as well. He wants to find faith in you. He wants to find faith that in your heart that reaches out to him. Because there's no faith, there's little faith, and there's great faith. Which do you have? The hometown of Jesus in Nazareth, when he did miracles, they were, they were astonished at his wisdom. and they had, they had not seen mighty works like that. They'd seen him do carpentry work. They said, this is the carpenter's son. His brothers are here. His sisters are here. Where did he get this authority? And the Bible says he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Oh, God, help us. 
not to let unbelief take over when faith should grab a hold of the promises of God for it. Don't let unbelief crowd things out that God wants to give you. Amen. That's the devil's work. He wants to diminish faith. He wants to eliminate belief. But thank God the Lord does so many things to help us come to him in believing. There was no faith, apparently, in Nazareth. The storm was about to sink the ship that the disciples in. They woke Jesus up in their fear. Lord, save us, they cried out. We perish. Jesus answered them, why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? And he rebuked the wind and the sea, and it became calm. Oh, I'm glad he does that in our storms. I'm glad he provides for us in that way. I'm thankful that we can call upon him and believe him that he's going to do the work. Another time they were in a storm in the dark. And yet Jesus saw where they were, saw their dilemma, saw what was going on, and came walking to them on the water. How did he know to locate them in the dark in that storm? Because he's God. <laughs> Amen. They cried out in fear. They thought it was a spirit. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Oh, that we can reassure ourselves that the Lord says that in our situations, in our needs. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. We know Peter desired to step out of the boat, and he did walk on the water toward Jesus, but then he began to sink, and Jesus caught him, lifted him up, and said, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Little faith will cause you to sink. Little faith will cause you to, uh, uh, to not have stability and not have strength. God help us to step into great faith. That's what the Lord's looking for. That's what he desires. Amen. Great faith. The centurion wanted his servant healed. The centurion didn't want Jesus to come to his house. He said, I'm not worthy. You speak the word only. Because I can say to this one, you go and do that, and he does. I say, you come and stay, and he does. I know, Lord, you can speak the word. And the Lord said, you have great faith. Praise God. I have not found so great faith, he declared. Amen. And thank the Lord there was healing that went forth. I don't have time to tell about the Syrophoenician woman, a Greek who sought the Lord for deliverance for her daughter. And the Lord brought it about and complimented her great faith. Praise God. Let me tell you, in John 4 and 23, the Father is seeking. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And now the Father is seeking. The hour cometh, Jesus said, and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Praise God. You need to look at John 4 and 23 and understand this is important. This is necessary. This is where you are. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Amen. And I pray, oh God, right here in Sterling. Ha <laughs> ha. Come right here, God. There are those who are worshiping you in spirit and in truth. There are those who need to find you. There are those who are seeking you. God, they have trouble walking through the fog of all of the things that have gone on in their lives. They're having trouble walking through the storms that have enveloped them. God, come right here. 
Come right here, hallelujah, and do a work in their lives and in their hearts. And I'm so thankful to know our God does that. Our God provides. Our God blesses. Our God ministers. Amen. Because he is seeking right now. Amen. And oh, thank the Lord. We can be blessed in him because we've found him. Amen. Like Andrew, Simon, Philip, Nathaniel, we've found him. Praise God. And we know the power that he has displayed. We know the salvation that he's provided. We know the blessings that he's brought. We know how faithful he is, both to his word and to us as his children. We follow on to him. We've found him to be all that he promised and so much more. Much more. That's a good Bible phrase. You can find much more. Praise God. We serve him and we experience him much more than we did when we first started. Hallelujah. His presence, his power. Amen. I want to challenge you today as we stand. How much more are you going to find in the Lord's promise, in the Lord's blessing, in the Lord's strength? How much more are you hungry for and do you desire Praise God, because that power is what's available today. That power is what the Lord wants to display for you. That power is what he wants to make available. Praise God. Amen. Seeking and finding go together when you put the Lord in the picture. Amen. Some people seek peace. Some people seek comfort. Some people seek joy. They'll never find it in the bottom of a bottle. Never find it popping a pill. Never find it puffing on a tobacco or whatever. Just not going to be there. And I know I could get testimonies of dozens of people right here who will agree with me and say, nope, not there. Not there, but Jesus. But God, that's where I find joy. That's where I find comfort. That's where I find peace. That's where I find love. Praise God. That's where I find forgiveness. Mm. It's in His presence. Amen, amen. Thank the Lord. I, I, I hope I'm preaching to a group of people that are, are ready to seek him, to seek him again. Thankful, satisfied for what has already happened, as it's so powerful, so wonderful, so great, but yet claiming his word, standing in covenant, determining I'm going to keep seeking him because he has more for me. He has greater blessings for me. He has available things beyond my imagination because that's what the word of God says. Praise God. So would you come now and let's put our faith in the Lord. Let's desire him in our midst. Let's determine we're going to follow after him.
because his presence makes a difference. Amen. In the presence.